a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. <laughs> he said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism, Pastor Fleming. And it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunch. <laughs> so, uh, if you guys would put mega the mega crunch. crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word, pastors. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. From the depths of woe, this is Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Pastor Wolfman, it's been a while nice. since you and I have sat down at these microphones. I know. How you been? Well, Doing good? Sat down at the microphone for Table Talk Radio. Don't you have a this special Table been Talk Radio microphone? Up. I, well, no. <laughs> I've been doing the daily podcast, you know. Yeah, you're Lent pretty pretty prolific on the on the podcast realm. Yeah, too many. Microphone's wearing out. So yeah. You're tired of listening to me. It's like all you do is talk, you never listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's not the only one who says that. Okay, anyway, um, today's show, we got lined up uh, doing a little... We're talking about you. So, speaking of you being prolific, um, does that word apply to podcasting? Sure. Prolific. Uh, that You you just did this interview with Dr. Schultz, who uh, yes. is in, in the midst of his suspension from Concordia University for pointing out the wokeism. Fascinating conversation. Uh, we'd like to talk about that a bit. And then what else are we talking about today? Uh, that's all. I mean, we're going to talk about man of the year, woman, the the person of the year. Can you imagine and, there being a man of the year award from USA <laughs> no, Today? The, I think the, and then the uh, the swimming thing. And we're going to, I mean, this this show self-identifies as fantastic. <laughs> I think that's the uh, I think that's the going to be the theme. That's of maybe episode. maybe been the first time this show could have been deemed as fantastic. That's right. This is this is the episode of the year. <laughs> Very good. But well, first, first buzzwords. Yep, go right? ahead. Oh yeah, I got to uh, I got to do your work in picking your buzzword for you, don't I? No, no, I I picked one. Whoa! I decided. Whoa! Met the here's your buzzword. You ready? ready? You can write it in Greek or English or Hebrew letters if you like. Metanoia. Metanoia. It sounds like mega annoia, which means great annoyance, but metanoia <laughs> means change of mind, and it's the Greek word that's hanging around under the English word repentance. Uh, so it's a, it's a, what? It's the reorientation of the heart, which occurs in two phases. The first is contrition and the second is repentance. And the result is good works and patience with hope. And that's really nice because the, while the scriptures teach conversion by metanoia, the culture is teaching transition through metasoma, a word I just invented. <laughs> That wouldn't be change of body, which is really something. We gotta really, we gotta put our 
uh, our minds around this and then our hearts around this whole business because it doesn't seem like it's going away and the church is going to need to speak really clearly, really compassionately and really compellingly to the to the broken confusion, darkness and sinfulness of the world here. So, yeah, the world is really changing. It's transforming. Uh, it used to identify as such a peaceful place. <laughs> All right, my theological buzzword for you is Cairo, which is actually not a word, but two letters. But the Cairo, uh, referring to the first two letters in Greek for the word Christ, and it is depicted as a symbol with the uh, chi on top of the row, or is it the rows on top of the chi? Um, but it's like an X with a, a P sticking out the top of it. That's what it looks like. And it's a symbol that it means Christ. And so you sometimes see this in churches um, or on art. And that uh, is a abbreviation meaning Christ. Cairo. I thought you were talking about Cairo, the city in Egypt, or Cairo, the word Greek word for time. That would be Cairo, oh, that's true. I suppose. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. Well, so um, set set this up a little bit. Just talking talking about this interview to Dr. Schultz. What was the occasion for it? And, and just just in case someone hasn't heard about all this, um, set us up for this conversation. I, I've been uh, we know we've known Dr. Schultz for a long time. Years ago, we did this um, series of interviews called the Ten Master Metaphors of Philosophy. He and I have been able to work together on doxology for a long time. Uh, he apparently likes it when I interview him because the whole time I'm like. What? What? I mean, <laughs> I, I'm like the student that's paying attention, you know. I'm like, I, I, I got no idea what you're talking about. So I, I'm sitting there trying to catch up with him the whole time. I think he kind of likes it. It's like going. It's like a marathon runner taking me jogging. You know, it's like this is great. That's why so, I like hanging out uh, with you too. <laughs> you make me feel so strong and good looking and smart. <laughs> everyone's best man so uh so we we've done a series of interviews it, and then recently he got himself into a bit of a hubbub well i don't think he got himself into it he found himself at the center of this hubbub because he he noticed especially in the um as concordia what's it called now wisconsin mm. it used to be concordia mequon they were looking for a president they're in a search and all their stuff for what kind of president they're looking for had all these buzzwords from woke nonsense. And he's like, oh, brother. So he writes a, an essay about the, the dangers of wokeism and it showing up on campus. And, and he sent it around. I, I, no one really wanted to talk to him about it up there. So he published it at the Christian News website and then found himself locked out of his email in his office. Hmm. Crazy. Yeah, I think so, I think even more so that not just that they were using the wokeism buzzwords, but they uh, took what was set forth as what a president should be. Uh, as I don't know if they were policies or or his, historical record of what the description job description is, but they took that language and then substituted it for words from kind of the 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 buzz the buzz uh, wokeism thing. So so it's a and it's an intentional move from one thing that was old into something that is new. And he's been aware of this paying attention to this especially in a philosophical level for a long time. And so he was calling out the dangers of it and 
uh, as thanks for that work of calling mm. out the dangers, he found himself uh, on suspension. So we were talking about the dangers of wokeism and, and the irony that he was lecturing on the arrest of Socrates while the <laughs> the meeting was apparently happening that, that suspended him. It was, it was great. You can't make that kind of stuff up. So um, it was a fun conversation. You can find it. Where did that go up? Is that That's on the website, on the YouTubes. Uh, is I published that up there somewhere. So, so uh, to maybe start in on this conversation with uh, uh, three minutes here, um, as I as I listened to your interview with him, I think one of one of the main takeaways, which he started with, uh, you know, even Socrates, as you as you mentioned, um, that that wokeism has as as its uh, one of key identifiers is the putting away of some kind of sacred text. Um, so, I mean, as Christians, of course, our our sacred text would be that of uh, Holy Scripture. And so for a, a Christian university to want set, to set that aside in its search for a president is problematic. But the wokeism also does the same move in our, uh, in our government, in our secular culture, where a sacred text, something like the constitution would be set aside uh to to pursue one's own agenda so that there is a necessity for us human beings to have something outside of ourselves that is put into words that we live by and are guided by and wokeism wants to silence that and put it aside is is that a fair summary yep i think that's right he would make that point i i think i would come at it a slightly different angle but he's probably writer than me uh and that is certainly what he uh how he would express it so this despite this putting away of the sacred text because i because because i become um i become a judge i myself am the measure of all things who said that i don't know heraclitus or something. man is the measure of all things and that becomes the mark of of humanism of postmodernity, of the the idea that truth becomes an individual reality and um and I think Dr. Schultz called uh, uh, wokeism poor man's postmodernism. Hmm. <laughs> it's like a, it's it's just kind of a, it, it, it's like the Doritos version of postmodernity. So it's just a, um, it's like a fast, it's like postmodern fast food. It's trying to be postmodern, but it can't even. It's just packaged for mass consumption. I want to I want to explore that a little bit, um, but we're coming up on our our first break. Um, but well, let, let me just put it out there real quick, and then we can we can chew on it on the other side. But I'm, I'm kind of thinking of this progression, if there is one, of kind of old classic liberalism, and I think that'd be marked by uh, having having a sacred text hang around, but not really taking it very seriously. And then the postmodernity would have uh, like a deconstruction, a redefining of words of, you know, creating your own narrative um, within a sacred text. And then wokeism is just an abrogation of that text altogether. Like it doesn't even, shouldn't even exist. Yeah, I think so. It's the same energy underneath. But it's important for us also to remember that there's nothing new under the sun. Mm -hmm. So whatever we're seeing, the church has already seen before. And that's key. Yeah. Okay. Well, you are listening to Table Talk Radio. We'd love to hear from our listener. And that listener can call 1-800-385-SOLA. 1-800-385-7652. Give us a call and tell us what you think. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio.
sax. Busting the myth that practice makes perfect. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. The Sunday Drive Home, grappling with the text on the Theo vlog. These are some of the playlists on the YouTube channel. Visit YouTube slash Wolfmuller1. Check it out there. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Talking about the philosophical underpinnings of wokeism. So I, I'm just I'm thinking how this this plays out though uh, in what we see in the news and, and just kind of the everyday thing um, that there's this this uh, constant um, desire for so-called diversity and so that it's list, lifting up the diversity as itself a virtue rather than actual virtues. Um, is that part of this conversation? I think so. You want to know what I think is at the heart of it? Hmm. Well, let me see. There's a lot of things. So it goes back to enthusiasm, which we Hmm. knew it would, but that's the abrogation of the text again, right? Yeah. The that I'm replacing the external text with the internal text. But the, the, the thing that happens in that move is also that I'm, I'm also replacing sin. So truth goes from outside to inside, and sin goes from inside to outside. So where do I see sin is outside of me in the structures? And that lets me kind of cruise along with the delusion of my own self-righteousness, which is the whole pagan experiment. It's the whole, the whole pagan project is to make life an experiment in self-delusion, or as they would say it, uh, to live in the freedom of self-expression or self-creation. So, so I can see that the problem is not in here. The problem is out there. The systems are the problems. That's the, that's the essence of critical theory. Not critical race theory, but all critical theory is that it sees all the problems out there, and those problems are what make me bad. They affect me, so i got to fix the system. And critical race theory then sees the, sees the systemic racism that's out there that's where the problem is and to be woke is to recognize it but it's a displacement of sin so that i it and 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 that's a very convenient displacement of sin because now i can get, have excuse for my own rage i can also it gives me a ton of material for excusing myself and finding my own self-righteousness even in my victimhood it's an amazing it, so it so the whole thing gives me an, an incredible amount of tools for what we as theologians would recognize as self-justification the avoidance of repentance hmm so so I can see why why um, dr. Schultz would call this kind of the poor man's postmodernity or, or postmodernism that um, I mean one of the, one of the marks of postmodernism is that, uh, you had this uh, subjective, this relativistic morality. So I can choose uh, what's right for me, and you can choose what's right for you. Um, but wokeism kind of uh, takes a morality, doesn't it? So, so, so that now my morality is my own, and if you're not in line with it, you're 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 the offender. You're part of the system. You're part of the problem. 
Does it's very does it yeah, make does it make a move towards objectivity in a way? No. Well, it's so it's if everyone is king of their own little realm, then there has to be a pecking order, right? <laughs> I mean, because we can't all be equal monads just bouncing equally off of each other. So come up with some sort of pecking order and who how is that pecking order going to be determined? And so that's where the that's where critical theory and intersectionality come in to answer that question is that I mu I must be I must be advantaged if I start out as disadvantaged by various constructs. And but you but you recognize though and and this is where Dr. Schultz is brilliant on this is that so so you know how intersectionality works like if I'm part of a there, every division of kind of character has either advantage or disadvantage. So there's an advantage to being white over black. There's an advantage to being a male over female. There's an advantage to being rich over poor. There's an there's an advantage. So there's all these things. There's an advantage to being cisgendered versus the option, whatever the other options are, or being he, what is it? heteronormative. Is that the word? Heteronormative. I guess anyway. So like your parents <laughs> everybody's parents were heteronormative i think mm -hmm. at least for a moment so the uh <laughs> the, the the so all these things are classes and the more they intersect the more they they um so say i'm a, a black lesbian woman or something okay. you know, then i'm mm -hmm. less powered <laughs> i'm less powerful so 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 i have to be a I have to be considered systemically in that way to to where you can you can equal people out by by unequaling them or or mm -hmm, whatever. Mm -hmm. So so that's how the pecking order is determined because it, otherwise it's just pure chaos. Everyone is a a lord unto themselves, which is what you're trying to do. It's like how how can we be a lord unto ourselves? How can we be pursuing our own lusts, which is the whole again pagan program, the the illusion of freedom in the pursuit of of death through pleasure how can i do that um because of, because someone else is obviously going to get in the way of my pursuit of pleasure and you know who's really going to get in the way jesus mm. <laughs> yes because and the reason and because jesus on purpose is standing in the way of your self delusion mm -hmm. and in the way of your self creation and in the way of your self destruction because he loves you, but it's it's a, ha a real hassle. Well, what's if fascinating to, is if we're trying to get to hell, Jesus is standing in the way, and and so we got to get him out of the get him out of the way. What's fascinating about that is the ways he does that. So uh, through his his word, which is the whole thing we've been talking about, that people are getting rid of the sacred texts uh, through the institution of the church on earth, so that people are trying to silence or get rid of the church but then how else does he do that but through creation itself <laughs> so so the people right. are, people are having to get rid of creation to follow their own passions and this has well, to cool. eat itself eventually i mean I, I, I mean case in point i think one of the things we have slated here is the the woman of the year award uh, given by usa today given to a man uh, and and so you have this virtue uh, thing of saying 
uh, we are empowering women, women are the great changers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, until men take over the gender. <laughs> and then you have to start wondering, are we, are we still empowering women when we're giving men all the awards for being women when they're men? It's like, I mean, I, the, the women are sitting there saying, man, the men are even better at being women than we are. I mean, there was one thing we thought we were better at, it was being women. But now the, gotta, the award should include a pregnancy test, though, which I think would drive the point yeah, home. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, do you think on the face of the earth, there were no women who were better at being women than this man <laughs> to, to get the woman of the year award? But this is the whole point. I mean, you OK, so you and I, if you know, it, it, this would be an interesting thing to talk about, you know, what qualities of a woman we would say are deserving of the woman of the year award uh, would be different than the corporate table over at USA Today when they're saying, hey, who should we give the woman of the year award? And they're thinking purely on the realm of this agenda. Well, what what would further this narrative that we're trying that we're trying to push in this culture? I have an idea. Let's give it to uh, the award to a person who used to be a man and now calls himself a woman and dresses like a woman, and let's give that person the award. Now we're now we're signaling something in our culture. But if you and I, right. if you and I were having that conversation, we would talk about uh, a, a woman who gives up her life, her own maybe her own desires and pursuits to sacrifice herself for her children, you know? I mean, th- that would be maybe the the hallmark of the Woman of the Year Award. You keep talking like that, and you're never going to get that award. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. I mean, so that you got the USA Today, which is like... Which is like a propaganda magazine that self-identifies as a newspaper. <laughs> and so that's the whole point. It's like, how do you, how can, how do you know what the, I, I even think the idea of, of like, how dare you assume that there's a woman anymore? I mean, how, how old, what, how, right. how in, how embedded are we in the patriarchal structure that we're still even using the word woman? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. But here, but here is the maybe even the desperate point. You want me to give you a theory? Sure. I don't think that. So you wonder like how far this can go, and but like can you go much further? But I, I it seems clear to me that there's another step here. That this whole transgender thing was just a game. That, that the real step, the real goal is towards androgyny, mm. which is to, which is more realistic. It's not that a man can become a woman because you can't. I mean, you you you, you got to think that who what is what is the guy's name who won the woman of the year? Um Levine, Dr. Levine? Yeah. Yeah. Avril? Rachel. Okay. So, Avril Levine is a singer, I think. Okay. <laughs> so, Dr. Levine goes to the hospital and goes down the women's aisle and must be really depressed that these are all, all these feminine products are completely useless <laughs> right <laughs> i mean it's the like mm-hmm. the pregnancy test you know that and this is the point is you don't you're not actually it's not a man becoming a woman it's a man becoming an a, a, a person who is not able to reproduce mm-hmm. Right? It's Andrew. The, the, 
It's an androgynous person. It's a sexless person. It, because you can't go... You, you can only go... You can only take away. You can't add. Hmm. Right. Okay, we need to take a break. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. How many Table Talk Radio listeners does it take to change a light bulb? You'll probably have to settle for one. The Daily Bible Meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com, where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out. Okay, fascinating point that you were just making about um, the the whole transgender thing is just a removal of anatomy. It's not an addition of anatomy. And so we're, we're really making just kind of uh, genderless, sexless beings. Um, and that, I mean, ironically, the, the point was made by Rand Paul when he was questioning Dr. Levine at the appointment. And he was uh, talking about, um, uh, 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 what was it called? Um, uh, Genital, genital mutilation and he's pointing out you know th- how we as a society um you know this is normally condemned uh, universally but as a society we have accepted this practice um right. and so <laughs> i mean it was very um very eye-opening uh discourse between Rand paul and dr levine there uh, th- this is so you know when when you have in math you have a couple of different numbers and they're very different from one another but you got to put them together you look for the lowest common denominator mm-hmm. and this has got to be the thing because the Lord has given gifts to men gifts to women we share in a common humanity but they, but men and women have different gifts if you want to so you you can't you can't get there. You can only take away, you can only reduce. So you go to the lowest common denominator mm. so that you, you, can, you can never, you can't get a womb, for example. You can't get, you, you, you can't, a, a man will never nurse a baby. You know, that you, a, a woman will never have sperm. You can't, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe those come up some really goofball kind of thing to be able to start but you can't get this is the point you're you're you become androgynous or asexual which is the sort of the ideal of the pagan world there's something real because there's is and there's something demonic here about this because the 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 devils also are neither married nor given in marriage and this jealousy of the devil shows up in in this fight against what is essentially masculine and feminine, what is reproductive. And uh, this is, it was an interesting thing, I think in the quote that you had from the doctor about being a productive member of society, you can be productive but not reproductive. <laughs> and, and that removal of reproduction, that fight on the children, is something essential now what we what we need to say so okay first of all we should be so there's a lot of like conservative talk radio which serves as like a lie detector test you know it's like you said something wrong and i'm telling you you said it was wrong that's easy 
because I, I can listen to someone and know that they're wrong, but we have to be we have to be better than that in that we also know what's right and we know what's right about the person who's tr lying we, and, we, and what's right is always good in fact it's always better so that for the for the person who comes and says pastor i struggle with homosexuality we can say the 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 lord has something better for you the, the person who who wrestles with the, this um, with their gender and their, and their identity in any way, we say the Lord has something better for you. I know I know things about you that you don't know about yourself. Now you're trying to tell me who you are. You're, you're again engaged in this pagan experiment and self delusion under the guise of the freedom of self realization, but. But I know that you bear the image of God. And I know that you're a fallen sinner. And I know that Jesus loves you. And that he forgives you all your sins. I know, I know things that are far more amazing about you than you. I know the truth about you that stands against the lies that you're, that you're hearing and telling me. So I can't believe your lies about yourself because the truth about you is better. Hmm. It's like a person coming and saying, um, "If someone imagine if someone comes to me and they says and they say I'm worthless, I'm just good for nothing," and I say to them, "Ah, oh, yeah, you're right. I got to go along with that." <laughs> no, I can't go along with that because not only is it not true, it's a lie, but it's also a, a terrible thing. If, so if someone comes to me and they say, uh, uh, I should just die. I, I'm, 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 such a, I'm such a wretch, I just should throw myself in front of the bus. Imagine if I say, well, if that's how you self-identify as a bus fodder, you know, then you should, I'll help you. Through, I'll toss you in front of the bus. No. I say to that person, no, look, Jesus loves you. Your, your sins are forgiven. You're, you're a child of God. By, by the death and resurrection of Jesus. So I can't go along with the lie, not, only because, just, not just because it's a lie, but because, it's, it's a, because the truth is so much better. So if someone comes and says, well, I'm really a dude. No, I can't go along with that because the truth, not just because it's a lie, but because the truth is so much better. The truth mm -hmm. is so much better. So... So we and and we might have to suffer for that. I think this is going to be the point: is that the church will have to suffer because we can't kind of play along with this this experiment in self delusion. But but fine. So we'll suffer. But realize that our suffering is not. I mean, poor me. I get canceled from Twitter because I say that a man is a woman or whatever, or I refuse to say that. The, the, my suffering is for their sake because Jesus loves the the, the doctor. Jesus loves the swimmer jesus loves the as hard as it is sometimes to believe he loves the editorial team at usa today he died for them too he died for them too and and the 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 blood that they shed now they're not shedding blood yet but metaphorically the the trouble that they cause the, this is what the holy spirit brings to their own dreams at night together with the word that the lord lets us speak so that the lord is after them too that should be our confidence in this whole thing.
So the you know, the Lord creates and says this is uh, good, and when He creates man, He says it's very good. Uh, but He says it's not good that man should be alone. That's not to say that His creation was uh, was damaged or wrong, but that it was just incomplete. And so the complete good or the complete very good that the Lord creates is man with woman. And so that there's a, a joy to be had in God's gift he gives to man, and there's a joy to be had in the gift he gives to woman. And these are separate and different gifts. And guess what? These separate and different gifts um, go to support one another. So especially between a husband and a wife, but even in, in a society, the men bring something to us a society and a culture and a community that the women don't bring. And guess what? The women bring something to a community that the men don't bring. And and these are God's gifts to care for one another. These are the vocations God has given us. I mean, have we talked about this, that you know, when we're talking about vocations, we're talking about the mass of God to serve our neighbor. And we're usually thinking of like farmer or, uh, you know, blacksmith for all those blacksmith listeners out there. Um, but then we'll maybe our ex- target demographic, right? But then we'll maybe extend it to, to like father, mother, husband, wife, or we'll maybe think like church member. I mean, not necessarily the employ employer vocations, but those vocations that still God is giving something to do. What about these vocations? The vocation of man, right? What about the vocation of woman, and what what uh, service has God put you into according to those vocations? Yep. And even beyond just father, mother, husband, husband, wife. Yep. 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 There's something essentially masculine and essentially feminine about humanity, and we've been trying to reduce it to the lowest common denominator for a long time. I mean, that's part of what right. That's part of what birth control does. Uh, to, it, 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 it is a, a temporary, uh, androgyny. It's a temporary, um, uh, pause on reproductive capacity so that the woman, uh, doesn't, or to the man, I suppose too, doesn't reach the fullness of his masculinity or femininity and the, and the result of, of the act of marriage. And, and so we've been, we've been pursuing this reductionistic track for a long time and it's a it's like moving from color to black and white it's just a diminution of Mm -hmm. of the richness that the lord has put in to to creation and it's and it's a sadness there too i mean it's a there's an ugliness to this kind of chasing after androgyny that takes away just even the joy of thinking that i'm gonna have a a baby. I'm going to be a dad or a mom or whatever. Now there's, it's trying to sort of recreate it. It'll, I think this is a Feeney thing is that marriage will show up. Parent will show up one way or another because you can't get rid of these things, but it doesn't show up the way that the Lord sort of designed it to show up. That's part of the trouble. So. Yeah. Yeah. One, one of the reasons that we hadn't recorded in the last uh, couple of weeks is uh, I went out to Colorado for my father's passing. And it was, uh, you know, in those times you go and go through a lot, but it was one of the, those situations where you realize, you know, the joy of, of family. Um, you know, you, you're, we, we work through that. I've got two brothers, one sister We're working through that as, you know, children do. And I was thinking about families who have made the choice, you know, we're going to have no children, you know, we're going to pursue our careers. 
and uh, what that looks like at the end of life spectrum, you know, that mm-hmm. uh, there's no one there to take care of you <laughs> as you're getting older. There's no one to kind of um, work through that with you. It's just, you know, what at the end of the day do you have to, sh- to show for your life? And really what matters is the, uh, the family that you have. And I think that was most evident uh, to me as we, as we went through that difficult time. Uh, when we yep. get back from this break, we're going to listen to some of the promotional video that the USA Today put together in nominating uh, who they have chosen as the Woman of the Year. We'll be right back. Don't ask me why, but you've been listening to Table Talk Radio. So I've kicked up the Wolf Mueller One YouTube channel, and I was talking to Daniel, my expert YouTube advisor, about it, who said, Dad, your stuff is really bad. I know, Daniel, I know. But look, I have 4,006 uh, for watch time. And to monetize on YouTube, you got to have 4,000 hours. And I, I look, I said, look, 4,006. And Daniel says, Dad, you have 4,006 minutes, not hours. <laughs> anyway... If you want to see what we're up to over on YouTube, you can visit YouTube, search for Wolfmuller. Wolfmuller1 is the channel name. See you there. Go. Almost there. If you've held on this long, you might as well just see how the end of the train wreck goes. All right, so I have some audio. This can be something to react to, something to stop and go. But this is the uh, the video that the that USA Today has put out as the Woman of the Year video, uh, featuring Rachel Levine. Women are often the creators of change. In terms of the changes that we see in our society and our culture, I think that women. Oh, that that is the voice of Admiral Levine. Okay. <laughs> So, I mean, we can maybe point out the irony already that this man who is given the award of Woman of the Year is saying how it's women who are usually the the change makers in the culture. Kind of ironic. It, it's, it's like an irony. It's like an irony squared. <laughs> irony and irony kiss each other. <laughs> or shoot each other in the kneecaps. <laughs> are those change makers. Admiral Rachel Levine is a groundbreaking leader, public health champion, and an advocate. She credits family support for helping her get where she is today. My father has passed, but my mother is still alive, and she is quite the uh, the, the role model. Uh, she is a retired attorney. I've always been motivated by uh, by those who work uh, for the for the benefit of others, and that's what I try to do. Last year, Rachel made history, becoming the first openly transgender four-star officer across uniformed services. And raise your right hand and repeat after me. I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office upon which I am about to enter. So help me God. So help me God. And it is truly my honor to serve as the Assistant Secretary for Health and truly my honor to be an Admiral in the Public Health Service Commission Corps, to be the first transgender individual who is an Admiral in any of the eight uniformed services. And my goal is to give back. Part of giving back is Admiral Levine's message to the transgender and non-conforming community. 
The message here in Philadelphia. Hmm. Um, Philadelphia? That's weird. <laughs> uh, I wanted to, to stop on that note about the oath of office still holding on to these words, so help me God. It is um, something, isn't it? I mean, you're with everything that you have in in your control, including your very own body, you're denying the creator, and then you uh, dare utter the words, help me God fulfill the duties of this office. It is frightful. <sighs> I wonder if the left hand was held up and said, well, it identifies as the right hand. <laughs> Why do I have to raise my right hand? Why are you so... That's so cis-handed. You're, you're left-phobic, is what you are. <laughs> I'm going to be... You're right-tronormative. <laughs> All right, here's a little bit more. In Love Park is that trans rights are human rights. You have worth. You have tremendous worth just for who you are, no matter who you love, no matter who you are, no matter what your gender identity, sexual orientation, or anything else. And to be true to that, and then everything else will follow. So what about, okay, so no matter who you are, but what if you're a kind of person who thinks that um, reality exists? (laughs) A heteronormative cisgendered <laughs> and, 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 radio host. I mean this 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 whole section here that we just heard in the last fifteen seconds kind of pulls the veil back a little bit because you might wonder, well, what is this person who holds an office for you know public health? Uh, what does that have to do with accepting transgender rights? And then you go, oh, I see what's going on here. That maybe we're just putting people in these positions to voice a particular political view, than to actually do the job that that the office hold, holder is for. Well, I, that's the. I don't have any idea about the doctor's capacity to do medicine or be involved in public policy. But you start to get the feeling that 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 was never the point for any of these appointments. I mean, even. Like that's the poor the problem with this poor lady who is nominated for the Supreme Court is that because President Biden said that he's going to nominate a black woman, now everybody says, well, is she nominated because she's a black woman or because she's a good judge? I mean, surely you can be both, but it should not be a question. That's the that's the point. Is now it, yes. it comes into question, and and when all this identity politics stuff is flying around, now you have to. It puts a question there. I mean, it could be. Who knows? Maybe the best person for the public policy stuff is someone who is a man who thinks that that he's a woman. That could be actually the case. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to get there when this is right out front. Yeah. So, but here- so, so Lindsay, Lindsay Graham uh, questioned um, the uh, nominee for the Supreme Court, Jackson, about what what faith are you? And it's it, it's uh, I mean that would be a, that wouldn't be a question you could legally ask in a job interview. Like if I if I was hiring a janitor and I said okay, well I mean maybe for the church, maybe, but 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 any other job in the in the secular world, what what faith are you? You can ask that, but for the Supreme Court, but but the president started there. So if it's inappropriate for Lindsey Graham to ask what faith are you, it's inappropriate for the president to announce I'm selecting the next nominee on the basis of their skin color. 
And imagine, again, to put the shoe on the other foot, if a president said, I don't know who I'm going to nominate yet, but I'm going to be sure it's a white male. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, good grief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. I mean, right, right. That That's the, I mean, so um, now here, okay, so let me ask this question, which is slightly off, but the, the, we hear the phrase that a trans woman is a woman, right? That's apparently a truism that we're supposed to confess. But then what does trans mean then? Like, why is it there? Yeah. And it seems to me that this, that 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 will never be you you can never let that go so you're always acknowledging that it came from something mm-hmm. so so it, it it's not just that this is a woman it's always going to be a woman that used to be a man i am one who has reshaped my body mm-hmm. to match with my whatever is on the inside so there's a need to identify with that so uh, you're not really identifying as a woman. You're identifying as a woman used to be a man. And that coercion that I've exercised over my body, I also will exercise over your lips. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and your thoughts over your, and your beliefs. And over your delight. You have to delight in it. You mm-hmm. have to celebrate it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and anything else, then if, if, I, if, my, if I fail to exercise that control over your lips then you are now bringing me harm so this is where this is where it yeah that's the replacement that's the replacement of the sacred text so that that's right that what 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 i have done to my body is the new sacred text Mm -hmm. and you have to confess it and um and it's so it's always a question of confession now here we get to the advantage of heresy how much time do we have three minutes okay can i i I can't remember if i've I've told you this before that there's three advantages to heresy. Go ahead. Did I? I don't so, remember. So go ahead. One, I wasn't paying attention. The first is that it helps us clarify. So, so if we if we treat transgenderism as a heresy, it's a first article heresy that there's no that man and woman is not intrinsic to the creation. Then we can number one help clarify the text, so we can go and peel off all the cultural stuff about man and woman and look at what the Bible says about it. That's really helpful. Number two, it it lets us believe what we might not believe. Like say we're tempted to go along with all this gender confusion or this kind of Gnostic reinvention. No, we have to believe what the Bible says. So when the confession of the world goes against the confession of the scripture, that's where we have faith. And it's also three where we have courage. It's very, just, it's just very rare that we actually have the opportunity to be courageous in this world. And so now we have it. There's all these heresies that are coming against us in regard to marriage and and man and woman and, and all this other stuff. And so it's an occasion for us to be courageous. We, we should always have courage with compassion. I mean, remembering what we talked about earlier, that Jesus is after Dr. Levine. And Jesus is after everybody. And so uh, Jesus will... Um, we're praying and hoping that he's going to win the souls of all the people who are fighting as enemies of creation and the creator. But so we have this great compassion, but we also have an opportunity to be courageous. And if it means we have to suffer a bit, then, well, that's probably what the Lord wanted in to, to give to us anyways, that gift of suffering. Yeah. Good. All right. Uh, we have uh, 30 seconds for final thoughts. 
I think that this, look, the reason why self-delusion is so tempting is because we're sinners. And we want to delude ourselves away from sin. But Jesus came for sinners. So we have to see clearly these two truths, that we are sinners who are redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And every game to avoid that truth uh, is a game that ends in hell. So we don't want to play it. We don't want to let, uh, we don't want to be talked into playing it by the culture or the friends or neighbors around us. We want to confess Christ. Indeed, well said. And thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. If you're listening in Cairo, Egypt, (laughs) thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org. 